2: Welcome to Missouri Woods and Water Podcast with your host Nate and Micah. Missing Andy tonight.
0: Missing Andy. Cleaning grand bins out.
2: Yeah, I mean, well, he's starting to get into his busy season, like super busy season with, you know, planting. So it's, it's to be expected this time of year.
0: Yeah, it is. What is going on, dude?
2: <sighs> it's getting warm outside. Work's kind of slowing down, which is nice. I'm just ready for spring.
0: It feels like it's today. Oh, we're, dude, it was 75 and sunny. We're recording this on March 16th, so yeah. it felt good. Yeah, it felt really good. So, uh, I'm excited about our studio.
2: Yeah, some things are coming together.
0: We're going to actually not build a studio, but we're going to actually. Uh, we're converting. We're going to graduate from this folding card table <laughs> that we're sitting in front of. I, in, in is my,
2: that called a card table? It just looks like... It's just, yeah, it's a folding table. Yeah, but you call it a card table. I didn't know if that was like an It's, it's got Cause the it's legs. Because de- it's not like a poker table like people are nah, probably thinking.
0: No. You know, it's got the legs that you push the button and Yeah, it's,
2: up. it's like one of those ones that you would bring out you take during it to like, a barbecue. F- like family or, you Shit, know, yeah, that's family Thanksgiving, and you would put the little kids It's got the this floor, table. four
0: little chairs that come with it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this is what this is. Yeah. Serve me well. We got this probably for a wedding gift, to be honest with you. <laughs> Okay, anyway, we're graduating from our this and uh I'm actually <laughs> driving down to Arkansas. driving my ass down to Arkansas to pick up a table that I think we're gonna buy yeah because uh it's cool that's why,
2: yeah, i mean solid cedar you know handmade pretty cool little table,
0: yeah, and it's big so we can uh, have you know guests in studio with us and yeah so we're excited about it. Got yep. some like idea. When we're thinking about burning our logo into the damn thing. All yeah. kinds of stuff.
2: That was my idea. Don't try to take that from me. That was my. I said we.
0: Yeah, but that was mine. that was a great idea. However, I've got I've got to be devil's advocate. If we burn our logo into that table, it no longer is resellable. Okay. Just saying. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. If we, you might, don't, we might get it back here and be like, maybe we don't want to burn it into there. Now nah, we're gonna do it. We you know what we could do though, I thought about this too. Cause it's a nice table, so we're gonna want to use freaking coasters, dude. It's a you're not a coaster user, but no, let me let me finish. Get Missouri Woods and Water coasters.
2: I you know where person. I got that idea? I don't know.
0: Our buddies on at the Between the Tines con uh, podcast down in Louisiana. If you don't know who they are? You should go check them out. It's a cool podcast. They have them really. Yeah, it's a. Well, instead it's of that, it's got their logo underneath it like a. Why well, don't let's just do koozies instead? Because I want to be classy and have coasters. I ain't gonna use it. I know you won't. You don't use a freaking coaster on anything. Yeah, I don't. Don't like them. You know they keep from getting rings all over your shit, right? I like rings. You just do it because you know I got OCD.
2: No, it's just because I don't give a shit and I don't care.
0: Yeah, but when you spend money on something, you want it's to my not money ruin too. It. No, no, no! But I'm saying like my coffee tables and shit. You come over, you put your freaking beer bottle right on my wood. <laughs> <That's something> <laughs> <dirty>. <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah so I'm, I think I'm. Gonna Speaking of it.
2: beer, if you do not pick me up some Yingling while you were down in Arkansas, America's oldest brewery, by the way, if nobody knows where it is, best beer ever made. If you don't pick some of that up, we're gonna have a problem. Pull I into bear. a pull into a gas station. It's at every gas station down there. Okay, I'll think about it. You're going to have to get fuel. It's going to happen. Get it done. I'll think about it. So, let's get into some of our partners for today.
0: I don't know if I'm done bullshit with you yet. Oh, no.
2: You want to talk about how we went and killed a coyote the other night? We did.
0: Yeah, with Russell. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Forgot about that.
2: That last... uh, When when was that? I mean, there was snow on the ground. It was was last Friday. It was colder
0: than shit. Yeah, that's right. It was Friday. It was windy. And it was a bad night to hunt. Yeah. Super cold. So we were told. And it kind of was true. I I don't know. We did three sets. We did three sets, called in.
2: Killed one. Two dogs. Shot at another one. We only had one dry set, which we only did three. So, I mean, that's That's true. That's not bad. Not bad odds. I was wearing my Huntworth gear. Stayed toasty warm all night long. Is that how you... Yeah, do you but, like how I well, did that? We're, we're not even done with the story though. But you like how I did that transition
0: and the hunt. That doesn't count though. But I was using my new thermal that I bought. That was my first hunt with it. Yeah, I looked through it, man. That thing's pretty slick. And uh, I got one complaint. Not, it's not even a complaint. It's a, it's a four base mag. Yeah. Well, my complaint is my scanner. When he's like, Kyle, right here. Where is right here? Dude, that thing was coming in <laughs> right on in front of the, of the call. It Anything.
2: was. Yeah. Oh, Fair enough. But Russell was already on him. He was on Russell's side. He was the one that was going to take the shot anyways. So, I mean, me and Russell knew where he was at. <laughs> and, I didn't. and you literally – it was so bright out because of the snow. You could have just picked your head up because the thing was only 15 yards away from us. Yeah. I mean, it got close before – and You it, it pretty much us. hit the call. Yeah. It it heard us talking. So, it kind of just started scampering off and, you know, Russell obviously, you know, took
0: it out. But, uh, yeah, the thing was – you could have just went, oh, okay, right there, there. she is. Yeah, but, it was it was good. But she came in. It was funny because they, they went crazy mm-hmm. after we started calling. But then she came in silent.
2: Yeah, came in silent and from a direction we didn't think they were going to come from. Yeah,
0: so she either circled or she was somewhere else and yeah. just came in silent. But and those other ones just either didn't. never committed or what, I don't know. Yeah, it was but, cool, though. Yeah, pretty cool. But you were taste- toasty warm in your Huntworth
2: gear. I was, man. I was super toasty. I mean, it was... Of course. I so was I was in my Huntsworth stuff too. Right. I
0: mean, 15 mile an hour
2: winds. I actually got hot.
0: Remember why though? Because uh, no. I was like, man, it's freaking cold. So I put on my base layer. Then I put on a jacket. It's like a, a fleece lined. Yeah. Um, not windproof or anything jacket. And then I put on my real heavy coat. Yeah. Oh, right, so you doubled I got up. Got a little warm. Yeah. See, yeah. I I wore.
2: Out. yeah i wore a base layer and then uh i wore the hoodie and as far as top goes I wore... what's that jacket that I got? they're heavy they heavyweight jacket i can't remember the name yeah. of it
0: off the top of my head but i mean I and was, then what was weird is i mean you were you were nice and toasty up top but you were buck-ass naked, waist below. And that was just odd all night. It was well, I can't pin-
2: talk about the pants that I was wearing, so <laughs> don't bring up the pants.
0: So, Huntworth, use the code MWW15 for 15% off, yep. although I will tell everybody they're having a 20% sale right now. So, go use that. So, go use that instead. Save extra 5%. We don't give a shit. We just want you to buy their stuff because it is cool. Yeah, it's legit, man. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't help us by using our code, so just go save more money. Yep. Uh, Alps Outdoors, super, super excited about. Uh, I'm ready for that. my uh, Tri Lake stool because I broke mine. Yep, so I've got another one on order. So do I. So did my, you break yours too? No, I i got I got the one with the back. Oh, you want just the one that I have? Yeah, with the back because I got. Oh, you have, want the one with the back? Yeah. Okay. See, y- I don't.
2: Yours don't have the backrest. No,
0: I like just the. See this one,
2: and it might not work out that great. I don't know yet, but. It's got a little bit of a backrest. It's still small, but it's got a, a little backrest on it, which I I hunch over so bad whenever I'm coyote hunting because I don't have a backrest that mm-hmm. my back hurts eventually. If I'm sitting on the ground, it's no big deal, so I'm thinking that backrest might help so. Can I try that sometime? No.
0: no. Just like during a stand, no. can we switch off? No. Then I know if I can order it. No. Because if I do order it, I can use the code WOODSWATER. All caps, All spelled out. All caps. Sure. I don't think you have to justify the all caps part. Okay. Woods Water, all spelled out for freaking 30% off. Try and find another code like that out there. That's a, that's that's huge. a big discount. Huge discount. Yeah. We appreciate them. We Offer appreciate them. Alps doing that for our listeners. Yep. Yep. That's awesome. You are going to let me use that that one, night, one stand, by the way. Whatever. I want to try it out. Uh, newer partner of ours, Zamberland Boots. Yep. Uh, don't. I ordered a pair of boots from them. I didn't have them by last Friday, and I really would have liked to have them then. Uh, I was cold. Yeah. I got an insulated pair. My very first insulated pair of boots I've ever owned in my life are coming to me.
2: Yep. I'm really excited about it. That would have been really nice because it was snow on the ground. It was obviously cold. Your feet are going to get cold if you ain't got a little bit of thickness. But now we're getting into the... it's (laughs) i mean it's, <laughs> it's 75 degrees outside <laughs> i'm gonna get them, so, going. I can't yeah, use them yeah you ain't even gonna be able to break those things in yet but yeah. uh you know they had tons of options to, they, it, no matter what you're doing outside they got a boot that will cover you
0: Oh, no doubt i mean i've got uh, another pair that's coming that are the uh, have the boa system yeah i'm kind of intrigued how you're gonna like those yeah well i'm i'm excited about it so we'll see how that goes um yeah. they look slick they look slick uh and you can just you know slide in and out quicker. Yep. Hopefully, you know if it, it just scares me a little bit being in the backcountry and breaking those. But once I read more about them, they're actual cables. Yeah, like so I mean, I if don't if know I, what the tensile strength is, but I'm sure it's a lot more I, than what you're in If, put if on I them. broke one of those cables, what the hell was I doing? Right. You know what I'm saying? So uh, excited about those. Check them out, zamberlandusa.com. Um, some awesome stuff that uh and you know it's high quality man i mean it's it's the highest quality you can find honestly I mean, like everybody's heard you get what you pay for i mean in some things for the most most
2: thing most times that applies so your feet are super important you want
0: to take care of them yeah yeah so uh so check them out and finally habitat works our buddy dustin who you're going to be having out soon yep
2: Yeah, I'm gonna have him out. He's gonna
0: come. Have you still called him?
2: Nope, still haven't done that. Forgot.
0: You're gonna pussyfoot around long (laughs) enough?
2: No, I'm gonna do it. That's what you're gonna do. I'll text him tomorrow. It makes.
0: But Dustin, uh, obviously, is probably pretty busy this time of year. Actually, I know he is because I watch his Instagram stories and stuff. Yeah, if anything,
2: follow him. He throws out good tips, informational stuff. Yeah, lots of good stuff out on his
0: social. Yeah, check out his social. It's Habitat Works. I don't know, just on Instagram, if you search Habitat Works, you'll find him. Yep. And uh, same thing on his Facebook, Habitat Works. Um, He kind of does a little bit everything. Timber stand improvement, fires, which is this time of year, probably about perfect. Oh, it's you know, definitely it's perfect. It's just starting to green.
2: <laughs> I drove through quite a few field fires that yes, got away <laughs> yesterday and today. Uh,
0: he lives up in St. Joe, Missouri, so he usually likes to work in around a 250-mile radius from the, yep. from there. But, but give him a call, 816-752-7390. Mm-hmm. Just talk to him and see uh, see if he'll come check you out. Mention us when you call him, and you'll get 15% off any one of his services. It's perfect. Um, Today's show. Lucky Buck. It's well, let, yeah, the owner Dave Wheeler with Lucky Buck is on to talk about um, supplementing deer, mm-hmm. which is an interesting time because it is you should have stuff out right now. Everybody thinks, and he he says this in the show. Everybody thinks May June you start putting your your mineral out mineral out. I mean, I'm guilty of it. Same, but really it. It should be already sitting yeah. on the. They are already either, it, they've already dropped their antlers or they should have by now. They're already starting that process of regrowing this year's antlers. Mm-hmm. So there needs to be that supplement down for them. Yep. You know, if you believe that that helps, which I don't know why it wouldn't. There's uh, a lot of proof out there that it does. <laughs> uh, then you should have it down already. And so Dave talks about all that stuff mm-hmm. and uh, kind of goes into. Why he started Lucky Buck, why he started supplementing things.
2: What makes his unique compared to some of the other
0: ones yeah, out there. because there's a lot of them, just like in anything you buy in this world. There's a lot of options. Yep. And uh, it kind of talks about Lucky Buck uh, specifically and just in general terms of supplementing deer. So, uh, it's a good show. Yeah. yeah. Learned, I of. learned a lot. I learned that selenium is a thing.
2: Yep. Yeah. That's pr- it's And, Yeah. It's a little. You don't hear that very much, so selenium. Yeah, no, I've never heard that word in my life. Me neither. So, I try to spell
0: it. S- <laughs> yeah,
2: you go ahead, bud. I'm gonna. I'm gonna let you handle that one. You try to spell it. No. <laughs>
0: so okay, S E L. Selenium. Now nah, I'm gonna stop.
2: <laughs> but speaking of lucky Buck, I and uh I actually, I don't know if y'all saw it, but I, I actually put my food plot in, and I used lucky Buck. They have a perennial that I used, so I'm pretty excited oh, about yeah, you that. Did?
0: So. You look dead ass tired after that too. I had to rake it all, dude. I'm I'm pr- I'm proud of you, man. I can't believe you. <laughs> you I was, raked all that shit well, by hand. My
2: plan was, my plan was to get a hair, get a hold of a harrow, but I didn't know because my main goal was I wanted to go out there. If the ground was you know bare enough, I was just going to throw it down, let it go, or if I could get a hold of a harrow. And I wanted to pick my cameras up and put my mineral out. I get out there. I couldn't get a hold of a harrow. And I started looking at the ground. I'm like, I could just throw the seed down and it might take. Or I could take this rake that I found. I I can work, you know, an extra hour or so. Because, I mean, I didn't go crazy. But I raked or I threw, threw a bag down and then I raked it. And then I threw another bag on top of that. So I'm thinking I think it's going to work out really good, but we'll see I hope it does yeah I'm pretty excited about it
0: but yeah, this is a good show with Dave um, and uh, you got anything else we'll jump into it let's go. This is the Missouri Woods and Water podcast Okay, with us tonight, we've got Dave Wheeler with Lucky Buck. Dave, what's going on?
1: Hey, not much. Good to talk to you.
0: Yeah, it was uh, it was actually great to meet you. Um, was that two weeks ago?
1: Yeah, it was two weekends
2: ago, I believe. We were up at the Iowa Deer Classic.
0: Yeah, yeah, at the Iowa Deer Classic. I might add that Lucky Buck's display was one of the nicest displays of all of the ones we walked by. Oh, for sure. Well, thank you. It's probably took you a lot of time to get all them deer in there.
1: Yeah, I well, I've done it enough times now that it's getting a little a little better routine. But I yeah. think we probably are one of the most photographed booths in most of the shows we go to.
0: Nice. Well, and and so we got to meet you in person there. Um, you know, it's no secret that our show is partnered with Lucky Buck, but through talking with you, we sat there and had a, you know, half an hour conversation with you at, at one point we we stopped by several times, but at one point we had a, a nice long conversation about supplementation of deer, the science behind what you do, and um so we kinda we kinda got to talking after we left, we're like, we should we should have Dave come on and talk about those things. I mean this is we're almost a little late to be talking about it, honestly. Yeah, we're
2: getting into prime time,
0: you know, minerals. Yeah. So, so uh before we get into the, the the topic which is gonna be basically supplementation of deer and how you got to where you are now with uh, the Lucky Buck set up. Um, Introduce yourself to our listeners, um, who you are, where you're from, and kind of give them the background of how you got into the the position you're in now, which is the owner of a a deer supplemental type of company.
1: Okay. Well, we're in southern Michigan. We're located in Hillsdale County. Um, I grew up in the state lived here all my life. I went to Michigan State for dairy science and actually milked cows, did production dairy for about 10 years. And then I got into dairy nutrition and worked for two different feed companies for another 10 years before I bought my own uh, feed company, mineral company. And that was back 25 years ago, 26 years ago. And so my background's always been agriculture, not so much you know hunting. I love to fish, I hunt but not very well <laughs> and I go out and just enjoy enjoy the outdoors but primarily, <laughs> I like agriculture and that's been my my love and my passion for years and it is a difficult way to make a living it's it's uh challenging. The farmers don't have control of the prices of their commodities and therefore the people selling them their products don't have a lot of uh, regulation on on profit margin and, and and being successful that way. So when I bought this company back in 96, uh, deer cocaine was really popular uh, especially in Michigan here and I thought I could do better and I wanted to diversify away from strictly the dairy side of it. So I used some of the things I knew about what cattle needed and about controlling intake and designed a mineral just based on that uh, with no real uh, idea that it would make a huge impact on antler size. What I didn't what I didn't really know I knew the deer would be healthier but I didn't realize how much impact a healthier an antler size a healthier deer is and a couple of years later uh, some people had some really good luck with it I can go into some of those stories but the the marketing opportunity of a lifetime came 20 years ago last year in 2001 when the world's biggest eight point was shot on my farm after he'd been on it for two years and then since then it's been a <clears throat> I would say a roller coaster, but it's mostly uphill. It's been, <laughs> it's been a really good ride, and and we've just grown tremendously in the last 20 years now.
0: So would you say uh, your background in ag helped you develop, I guess I'll call it the formula, for for deer strictly because it wasn't that you were worried about antler size up front or helping antlers or anything really with that. It was more the health of the animal itself, because with cattle, especially like dairy cattle, I mean, it, it, we're not trying to grow antlers. We're trying to have a healthy cow. And so is that kind of the way you approach it up front when you
1: first started in, in the deer side? I do think that was definitely an advantage to come from the ag side rather than a passionate, uh, whitetail guy that wanted to get into the industry. Um, when you look at what Dr. Woods and Dr. Crawl and all the leading deer biologists say in formulating a mineral, if I would have studied everything that they recommended and done it the same way they recommended, I would have made some of, in my opinion, mis- the same mistakes that the other companies made for the previous 15 or 20 years. And, and I think that, you know, the The recommendation of two to one calcium phosphorus and the recommendation of a low salt level uh, really inhibited people from developing the type of product that I developed because of the advice of the leading deer biologists. And, And their advice was sound. They didn't want you to go and get a high sodium mineral that didn't have anything good in it and just the deer would be attracted to it, but they wouldn't benefit from it. And so they didn't have a really good way to distinguish which ones were legitimate minerals and which ones weren't to the layperson that didn't understand what a what a feed tag was and what a guaranteed analysis was and in an ingredient list. And so the easiest way is to just look at the salt level. And if it's high in salt, you can assume, or you used to be able to assume that it was just an attractant. And so, not knowing any better, I utilized the higher salt level to control the intake. I think revolutionary to the industry, uh, better than anybody else in the past had. That was a that was a significant breakthrough, I think, is to uh, to go ahead and use a two third salt level, but then put the stuff in it that the deer really need to be healthy and get it into them on a consistent basis. Hmm.
0: And you had talked about, well, I guess we'll talk in generalities first, but, uh, what are some of the things that specifically to lucky buck? I know you'll talk about your process and, you know, the timeline that, that you recommend to users of lucky buck, but I think there's a, uh, I don't know if I'd call it a uh, what you saw it like a misnomer with uh, with deer hunters that you start supplementing or you start giving deer mineral you know right around now every year and you give it to them throughout the summer and then you stop and then you come back you know uh, March, April of the next year and you start doing it again
2: over and over again.
0: Uh, <clears throat> what is the benefit of supplementing deer year round? in the first place. And um, we'll talk about some mistakes people can make, but first let's talk about why, why is it a, a good idea to do that on a year round basis instead of just, you know, five months out of the year.
1: You want, you want that deer to form a habit. You want him to be able to count on coming to a place and getting what, what they expect. And, and whether you're talking about the does, which are producing your next generation of bucks or your young bucks that you're not ready to harvest yet, or your harvestable mature bucks. All of those, if you can get them into a habit of coming in and so they don't get deficient, they've got their needs. They vary throughout the year, but they've got their needs whether it's pre and post rut, they run off, the bucks run off so much weight, or whether they're up here in Michigan, especially survival in the wintertime, if they don't have the weight put on, uh, the does carrying the fawns. And then when they milk them, when the does have their fawns and they're milking in the spring and the antlers are starting to grow. I mean, it's just a tremendous, uh, need throughout the year, even though it's for a different reason and a different quantity or a different amount.
0: We actually had, uh, Lindsey Thomas Jr. on with the NDA National Deer Association talking about antler growth last year. And I never really thought of it this way, but he said a bucks antlers are basically growing 365 days a year. They're either actively growing in velvet or obviously have finished. So I guess there's that time. But he said, even when they've got their antlers on in the middle of the rut, their body is preparing for for the the next set. Uh, And when when they've dropped them, that that, uh, pedicle is already gearing up for the next thing to pop out, which could be as quick as, what, what do you say? uh, Probably within the next few weeks. A few weeks of losing it sometimes. So, you know, when you think of it that way, especially from a buck's perspective with antlers, they always need the, the vitamins, minerals, and the health to grow a good rack. I mean, that makes sense.
1: So, so one of my favorite, uh, uh, analysis of a, of an antler is that it's an optional accessory, that that deer doesn't need it to survive, that if it's short of one thing or another, it's going to go into the skeletal system, the, uh, vital organs, the muscular system, and the antler is going to quit growing. And so... It's it's the it's the fastest growing tissue on earth and it's also an optional accessory. And so it's got a tremendous amount of needs, but it doesn't have priority. So if you can supplement while that antler is growing, and I do agree that if you 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 need to supplement the rest of the year as well, preparing for that growth and but actually while while it's growing is so critical and it's a lot of the things some of the things can be stored in the body tissue and then mobilized as that antler starts growing like calcium and stuff but but selenium isn't stored stored very well in the body and so it needs to be consumed in real time essentially while that antler is growing so it's really key to get to supplement during the antler growth, but to maintain that site all year, not only are you getting some great trail camera pictures and you're getting an inventory of your deer and you're keeping them, giving them a reason to be on your property, unless you're lucky enough to own, you know, tens of thousands of acres or at least thousands of acres, which most people aren't. If, If you're not lucky to do that, then you need to give him a reason, another reason to be on your property and and try and hold in. I mean, if you can, you can control to some extent, some people are even supplementing water. I think that's a great idea. If you don't have natural water on your place to, to have a, a water source form and it's worth hauling, it's worth digging, it's worth working for that. But everybody's thinking about cover and bedding areas and sanctuary areas, which is all absolutely critical as well. But you don't always think about the water sources, the the sodium sources, the food sources are usually you know food plots or whatever, but mm-hmm. it's it, it all works together, and it doesn't matter why he left your property. If he got shot, it doesn't really matter why he left. So give him give him his fulfill as many of his needs as possible.
2: Makes a lot of sense. Yeah,
0: yeah. The uh, is is there? Have you noticed a? common mistake people make when supplementing deer i mean i'm not even really specifically talking about using your stuff right yet we'll we'll get into um you actually when we get into lucky buck you made a great point to us when we were at the iowa deer classic with us that i'll bring up and because I, I can't remember what you were talking about at the moment but i remember what you said to me so i'm hoping you remember it too when i bring it up but uh <laughs> Is there a common mistake you you see people making when they supplement deer? Whether it's they're just putting salt out or they buy a number of brands out there, Lucky Buck. Is there a common mistake you're seeing?
1: Mostly, you forget about it when you're really busy in the spring. Mostly, mostly, you know, when you get out your bow and start t- tuning it up, you know, June, June, July, it's too late. You you miss the really good. Uh, opportunity and that's the biggest mistake i mean even our product which we push early spring use more than half of our total sales happen in june july and august hmm. and you'd that's, probably that's you'd probably the,
2: rather them see january february march is when it should be done yep. right
1: february <clears throat> march i would like my top sales and and even the sporting goods stores and I fought this for over twenty years now, trying to get them to put it in as a spring and a spring product. And it's a it's a summer fall product for most people and most of the most of the supplements. And a lot of my dealers now most of them have learned that it's significant to have it out like on the shelf right now coming into the green up in the early, but that's the biggest mistake that most people make. The other thing, I, I'm, and it doesn't really revolve around the mineral is the, the feeding of corn is so abused and so misused. It's, it's so available, it's so easy, it's usually relatively cheap, although not so much this year. Um, and it's a little bit weather resistant, and the deer absolutely love it. They just pound it, and that's part of the problem is they like it too much and they overeat on it. Unless you've got a, a time spin feeder that you're giving you know, specific doses out, I just I think the biggest overall mistake for supplementing is slug feeding or just you know letting them run out and then giving them uh, all they want. And you would never do that to livestock. You would never do that to to a cow or a horse is suddenly introduce them to a, a corn when they hadn't been used to it because they would have diarrhea instantly. And that's what's happening to the deer. And in some radio controlled, uh, radio collared studies, there's more deer die from uh, feeding corn than all other causes combined, including hunting and cars and predators and oh wow Wow. people just don't realize just because it disappears quickly and they like it does not mean it's healthy for them
0: i think that's what you were actually telling me about when we were talking yeah You, you made an analogy like it might even be with like my kids your kid likes ice cream that's fine they can have an ice cream sandwich they'll eat an entire box yep is that a good thing no (laughs) it's the same thing with corn they'll they'll eat as much as you give them but that doesn't make it good for them and uh, i've heard that before too that you know corn actually isn't great for deer and i mean there's no really
2: there's not really any nutritional value to it is there
1: it's it's high in carbs it puts weight on them Mm -hmm. if if you're if you're feeding meals if you're not slug feeding them It'll put weight on them, but it's low in protein. It's usually less than 10% crude protein, and it's low in calcium. And it it mostly messes their gut up because they're used to browsing. And even if you have a cornfield right next to you, they're not eating unless a combine spilled some. They're not eating it already shelled off the cob, and and they're working for it and hunting for it. And that's a whole different thing than if you suddenly dump out fifty pounds or a hundred pounds of straight shelled corn. I don't mind so much, even ear corn. You can where it's available, and there's a lot of places up here that are beginning to sell more and more ear corn. But most people don't. Most people are feeding just shelled corn, and it's it's just too too much ice cream too quick for them.
0: <laughs> too many ice cream sandwiches. But they are good. They are good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, my my son the other night got on my ass because uh, I had two in my hand. Are you giving that one of those to mommy? No, these are both mine. (laughs) Why are you eating two? Don't worry about it (laughs) (laughs) because I'm dad. That's why. (laughs) So yeah, um, that makes sense. And I mean, we'll talk about actually one of your other products here after a while, but, uh, I guess we could bring it up now. Yeah, let's go ahead and bring it, since it's kind of on topic. Because uh, we were talking about corn, and, and you got into one of your uh, newer things, which is called Freak Factor. Um, that is designed to assist with that issue a little bit, right? I mean, tell right. tell, tell the listener about it.
1: I've actually got a patent applied for, for slowing the consumption of a grain product to wildlife, and I think that is going to be revolutionary to the industry because most people, the only thing they think about is maximizing intake. They, whenever I do a show, I've been doing shows for 20 years and I've done as many as 20 shows a year. And it seems like I hear over and over again, somebody coming up and they always call the stuff shit. And they (laughs) say, that shit is so good. It was gone in one day. That's how they evaluate how good the product is. It's how quickly it disappears. And that's how quickly their $20 bill just disappeared. And the deer are sick because of it. So I, I've been scratching my head and thinking about this for years and finally decided I'll use the same type of thought processes I've been using on the mineral for 20 years and develop a way that I can control their intake, not just maximize, but control. helps your pocketbook and it helps the digestive system of the deer and that's combined that's a win-win situation so you can feed this alone in a 20 pound bag. in most cases will probably last three weeks you'll be getting good trail camera pictures and good deer deer activity on it three weeks later where that same 20 pounds of corn would be three hours on my place instead of three weeks and you can also mix it with corn and slow the rate at which they're gonna eat the corn. And that I think is where this is gonna really shine. It's not gonna take a lot of this to keep them from coming in and eating so much that they're gonna get sick. And you mix it at an 80-20 or a 50-50 or a 20-80, whatever ratio you want your corn to last at. And I think that is going to really revolutionize the way people are feeding their deer pre and post rut you know late late or fall and and through the winter time whenever you would be naturally would be supplementing corn it's Mm. a dried distiller's grain base it's excellent quality protein uh it's high in high in crude protein high in fat high in bypass protein it smells great naturally we've added some of our apple flavor from our from our minerals and well, then I'm gonna some... want to eat it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> added added some molasses to sweeten it up, but still they cannot just scarf it down, no matter how good it smells. The smell will attract them, but they'll have they'll have to eat it. Our goal is slow uh, is small, frequent meals. And that's what's gonna fix most of the problems most of the time, is if you can get them to eat, keep coming back and taking a few nibbles instead of just sitting there and hogging it
0: nice yeah um we actually you had a bag of it open and we were messing with it uh well i mean it feels i mean that's yeah it kind of feels like uh yeah it's a you know really li- lightweight type of yeah
2: a little almost like a powder kind of you know it's similar to a right. mineral to yeah. a loose mineral yep.
0: so that's cool yeah i saw that and uh yeah we definitely want to start trying that this year because i was one of those dudes i went and bought a hundred pounds of corn just to see if I could get a picture in the the winter of this one deer that lived, hopefully lived and dumped it all and then over the next month watched a bunch of freaking raccoons eat all of the corn and then reproduce right in front of the camera. <laughs> 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 not a single photo of a deer during that time, but yeah. <laughs> uh, what's funny though not to you know make this all about what it is but I, I went out and dumped lucky, my lucky buck, which I, I posted a video on our Instagram that folks can watch. And Andy got a call from the neighbor the next day about that farm that I dumped it on, and uh, he said there were eight deer back here the other morning. And that's that's either odd. either oh. really random or the earliest the deer have ever been back on that place
2: because they usually leave during the winter and they don't come back till it greens up. Yeah. <clears throat> So, pretty excited about that all, all of a sudden. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, going back to that freak factor, does that have um, the minerals and stuff in it as well? Are they going to get some of the same benefits using that at, with the mineral?
1: A much, a much more diluted level, but yes.
2: Okay, so um, they are still it's, getting it's, it that they're, way.
1: They're going to complement each other as far as when you're using the Lucky Buck mineral and when you're using the freak factor. You're going to be emphasizing the lucky buck well you're going to have it available year round but you expect the most use as the grass starts growing and the freak factor you're going to be uh, discontinuing about that same time okay. so they're going to complement mm-hmm. each other and you don't get a lot of activity on the mineral through the winter time and that's when this the focus on the freak factor is going to be
0: i gotcha you. do you uh this might be just personal preference, but do you prefer having the mineral site, a mineral site, and feed, feed, or do you, do you let them be together?
1: So, so, originally, before the freak factor, and if you're not using the freak factor, then I like a 2% uh, lucky buck with your corn, if you're dumping it on the ground or a gravity feeder put two pounds of of lucky buck into a hundred pounds of corn. So that that's a good way to get some into them pre green up a little more when the antlers are actually starting to grow um, a little before green up. But overall uh, I want my free choice site at least a little bit separate from my feed sites, from my actual food sources. So it can be right near it, but just not next with it because it'll it'll kind of complicate things as far as knowing knowing what's what as far as when to replenish and if it's not not distinctive and separate that way
2: gotcha um as far as an area goes how many sites do you want on let's say just a hundred acres you know round i love
1: i love that question and my question is i don't know you know your property much better than i do and I want if you've got a pinch point, a funnel, a unique water source, one site can handle hundreds of acres. Whereas if you got a gnarly swamp and lots of water sources, you may take multiple sites for even ten or fifteen acres. So if you've got, I want a, I want every pinch point and you know a good funnel. Um, if you got a lot of cropland and they all come into one corner through one ridge along one ridge one or two sites is going to be adequate but what i really like is if you start out with say three sites and just replenish whichever one they hit the hardest let them decide where they want to consume it at because it does it isn't always the same one you think it would be i've had a lot of people be surprised that they were willing to come out in the open or they were willing to come out of their way but that was the site that they were using the heaviest, and whether it's the the soil, sometimes they don't like the, the sandier soils as much. And if you got a heavier clay or loam, that's a, maybe a little better place to put it. You don't really want it to flood if you're down on a river bottom or something. So, I like to put it up on a stump or a log or a log too, if if I got sand or if I'm going to have a chance of flooding.
2: Okay, yeah, that was that was kind of my next question. I got a buddy. And uh, he, he, he's been using your product for years, actually, and he really likes it. But he's gotten these sites now that have holes in the ground and they hold water. Is it okay to still use those even though they're holding water? Are they getting the same effect, or should he maybe move that site?
1: So there's, there's two philosophies on that. And the, the wallow, as I call it, if it holds water, makes a wallow. I think you actually get more activity on that. I think the deer will come in and they, they like to work that kind of a site. My problem is it, it dissolves in there and you don't know what your concentration is. It'll still draw them in, but that may be half concentration or less. And if you keep dumping it at $20 a buck and you just keep dumping them in there, you're wasting your money. And if it gets too dilute, you're wasting your effectiveness. And so. I really like to, I wouldn't, if I had a wallow going, I'd maybe throw a little in it just once in a while, but I would have a site that I could actually see the product, maybe even up on a little bit of a a ridge or something, Mm -hmm. so I could actually see the product and see it disappear. If you have that hole in the ground, you probably didn't keep it out enough. They probably, you know, dug the hole looking for it when you should have dumped another bucket out there. Okay. I I actually like to see product and see it disappear.
0: I actually had a site that I moved and that was the exact reason I had a a site where it was always wet. And I really liked the site and so did the deer. It was always wet and I would go dump my mineral. And if I was back there in a week working just for whatever reason, it'd be gone. And anytime it would rain, you would see where it would just, because it killed everything downstream of it, I guess you'd call it. Um, it wasn't actually in a stream, but it would just wash and I'd have nothing left. And yeah, I had deer on it, but I was tired of, I felt like just constantly dumping, you know, stuff out. So I actually moved the site on the other side of, uh, of a bank and up onto a ridge so that it drained well and, you know, stayed decently dry. And that's the site I'm currently using. Um, now it wasn't because I was smart. I was just tired of. <laughs> seeing the stuff be gone every time I was in there. So. so
1: I I took a chunk of firewood and and I can a stump is nice but you can't move it or it might not be right where you want it. I took I took about an 18 inch wide, 18 inch tall chunk of firewood and just cut with my chainsaw and dished it out, knocked it out with a hammer, and I've had that for 15 years and it's still it's it's they've chewed it out a little bit but I can still dump a full bucket right in it. And that's I was definitely worth the work of of hauling it out. And I can move it or I can remove it. <clears throat> Every state's different as far as their regulations and legalities. And some of them you have to remove before you uh, before hunting season, you can use them pre-season, but I there's there's like twenty-eight different states that have different restrictions, one kind or another. Mm-hmm. And the if you can remove if you have a portable stump that's that's handy and like indiana and uh, iowa you have to remove them and so you know every state has different regulations and right different size you know different sizes that you can dump out some of them are two gallon and our bucket happens to be two gallon so that that works out well and some of them you can't have grain products in it and ours doesn't have any grain products a lot of the a lot of the bindles they use grain just a little bit to help get them to eat it and to to cheapen it up basically as a as a filler and we've chosen not to not to do that from day one and that served us well in some of those states. And so, We're
0: one of those states.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Our our state's kind of unique in <clears throat> our northern part. You can't even have mineral anymore or grain just because of the cwd but we're lucky enough down here that we can still we can use mineral all year round but we can't do any grain during the hunting season i think it's got to be removed 10 days before if i'm uh if i'm thinking right but uh yeah but we can use mineral all year
0: yeah okay so <clears throat> let's uh let's get into the lucky bucks process now or or uh just we'll talk about lucky buck now right we we're, we're kind of just we were talking about supplementing in generalities at first but uh what i like is you kind of explain to us the process or like the year the year long process that you have with your supplement and then um honestly i you know i've i've watched a lot of youtube reviews of people you know pitting lucky buck against other companies and whatever else and um I forgot how freaking good it smells when you open it up. (laughs) And that's got to, the deer have got to smell that too. If I think it smells good, I would think a deer would be like, yeah, that smells pretty good too. But kind of take us through your lucky buck process and how, how it works uh, with what y'all do.
1: So, so as a nutritionist, as I mentioned, my background was dairy nutrition. And as a nutritionist, my number one rule is control intake if I don't know how much that animal is going to eat, I can't develop an aggressive formulation diet for any species. So the only way I know to control intake on a wild whitetail or on pasture range cattle is to control the salt portion of their diet. I have never heard any other way of controlling it. And so I use, ours is two-thirds salt, and I get criticized regularly for that. But there is a method to the madness and that is to control intake and I tell people that you know you can't overeat salt and the best analogy that I can give is if I filled a coffee mug full of straight salt right now and gave you a hundred bucks to eat it the whole thing right now you would soon figure out why and what that would taste like and that's exactly what that deer is experiencing and he's not going to sit there and overeat it so once I can control intake they're strongly drawn to it and they can't overeat it then i can put aggressive levels of the trace minerals and i'll use the example of selenium because selenium is a great example it's toxic if they get too much you can't just feed a whole bunch of it and just cover your bases and so you can be really aggressive if you know they can't overeat it if you know there's a limit to how much they're going to eat and mine has uh, lucky buck has 59 parts per million and most of the competitors are between six and eight parts per million. And that gives you a little bit of an idea. And they could come in and eat that competitor's product at the rate of three ounces a day or whatever. And that's why they have to be really conservative. But They will never eat three ounces of Lucky Buck a day. They will, the salt's the limiter on that. So the other thing that's advantage to the higher salt level is the seasonality of when they're gonna eat it. And I like people to give out all they want because they're, they'll be limited. They won't, they won't just sit there and, and eat extra. <clears throat> I want you to give them all they want, but my expected intake is gonna look something like this. It's gonna be, say, a third of a bucket right now when you're out shed hunting, late winter, early spring, pre-green up. And then that'll last maybe a month or two. They'll nibble at it, don't expect a lot of activity, but it's critical that they know it's there in case that buck that you're targeting is running the next mile over, he'll come by it. He knows it's there. He'll be back when he's really craving it at green up. So at green up is the critical bucket. And that's when their diet is changing from dry browse and dead grass to new growth grass. And that's all they're eating is new grass. And it's almost 90% water. So their total dietary water is almost 90%. Flushes the electrolytes right out of their system so they crave the sodium to balance their electrolytes. And by accident, then they get the selenium and stuff for the antler growth right when they really need it. So I figured for 25 deer hitting a site, you're gonna go through about a bucket a month, starting at green up through about the end of July. And it'll be proportional to the number of deer you have. If you got a huge herd, you could go through twice that. And I've got some guys that get by with three buckets for the entire year, but five to six per 25 deer for the entire year is a pretty good average so they'll back off naturally towards the end of july on a typical year as your forages harden down and don't have as much moisture in them and <clears throat> about a third of a bucket every other month just to maintain your site and that's your year cycle so it's it's really consistent in fact i tell people that i can probably tell you how many deer are on your property more accurately than you can If you tell me how many pounds of Lucky Buck you fed for the entire year, if you didn't let them run out and it's the only salt source. So that's the other thing I'd like to point out. It's going to sound a little greedy on my part, but it's critical that this is the only salt source from green up until July so that you don't dilute that that aggressive selenium level with another salt source. Because if they do choose to eat that other salt, Source, they're going to eat less of the lucky buck and therefore get less of those critical things into them. So I don't, I like the rocks and the blocks, you know, late, late fall and dump a little lucky buck over them to make them smell good or whatever. But during that green up to July period, um, try and avoid the, the, the other salt sources to make the lucky buck more effective. Then.
0: That makes sense. I mean, you, you think about it that way. And actually on your guys's website, you have a chart, well, I call it a chart. Is that what it is? Yep. Chart. Yep. You know, it's a chart that kind of a timeline, maybe even that kind of shows people, you know, when they should be dumping full buckets, whatever. You know, an idea of when they should be doing things, and yeah, that's one of the common, you know, probably probably misnomers is well, yeah, you want me to go buy twenty buckets a year? Well, sure, that'd be cool if you bought twenty buckets, but you'd be buying way too much, most likely.
1: That'll last you a few years unless you've got a huge deer <laughs> population. Okay. I figure less than $100. It retails at about $20. bucks. you will have about $100 invested in most sites to do it right, to do it from for the entire year, for 25 years. The other analogy that I like to point out on, at the green-up time is, uh, for them eating that new-growth grass would be pretty anal- analogous to you eating nothing but watermelon for three weeks straight. If you didn't eat any other food and you just ate watermelon for three weeks, your moisture, di- your dietary moisture would be very similar to what they're experiencing with that new grass. And you, I guarantee, would be salting your watermelon after about the third day, and you'd be really craving salt. Oh, I put week. I salt Sa- every time salt I Salt goes on watermelon
0: no matter what. <laughs>
1: <laughs> if that was the only thing you were eating, it would be getting worse. Oh, wow.
0: Yeah, that's, that, I mean, that makes sense, you know, that that's all they've got in their system that, that first part of the year. Yeah, so let's
2: kind of talk about the benefits of it. I mean, we like shooting big deer, obviously, not that it's mandatory or whatnot, but, you know, I prefer to shoot a deer with a big rack if I got the option. Where does Lucky Buck stand apart rather than some of these other minerals out there?
1: So, a healthier deer will have a bigger aim. And that's that's the that's the best uh, way to tell how healthy that, that male deer is, it's how big his antler is relative to his age. I mean his age as 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 he gets older, he's gonna get bigger as well. But you know, my goal is not and, and as impressed as you were with that display that I had at the show, all of those deer were mistakes. They would have gotten harvested deer before if they if somebody would have got the chance
2: mm-hmm. to
1: and my, and they were, they're world-class deer. I mean, a, a 300 inch deer and a, a, two, a 290 and a couple of 270s and, and they're big deer, but they need that age factor in addition. And, but my goal, especially here in Michigan is to put basically one year more antler size on that young deer. If I can get a two and a half year old deer... To look like a three and a half year old deer, and make most of my Michigan customers happy most of the time. If, if you have a two and a half year old deer that's suddenly worth hanging on your wall, because in Michigan very few of them get past that, and if they do, they're very smart and hard to kill. And if I can if I can get that two and a half year old deer to look like a three and a half, or the three and a half to look like a four and a half or five, that's what's going to make most of the people happy most of the time.
0: Very cool. Makes sense. Yeah, I mean, that display was, you know, I mean, actually, it's a, it was a little disheartening for me. <laughs> I'm like, holy <laughs> shit, look at these deer. I was going to yeah, make a joke. I'm re- like, yeah, you want one of my deer for your display? And I'm like, never mind. I don't want anybody <laughs> seeing mine next to these.
1: <laughs> you have to remember that those are over a 20-year period. Those are the elite. But I just... I delivered yesterday and a guy said he wanted he wanted to show me a rack before I got there he said I want to meet you and show you this and he showed me a 220 inch buck and he showed me one side of the shed from the year before he was 180 and to me I mean they don't have to be 300 inches they don't have to be you know in, in if it's Exceptional for your area, and you're able to harvest that with your own management and your own property. How much more fulfilling is that than if you're traveling to one of the states to start with I, or you're traveling to an outfitter that's got a whole setup completely done for you? To me, it, it you're you're so much, and, and your neighbor's going to shoot some of them, and you're you're not going to get all of them, and it's you may not get the the world-class one, you know, that these are exceptions. But if you can get one that's bigger, thicker, healthier than anything you've seen before, you know, then I feel like I've made my contribution and done my job.
0: And like we discussed, it it isn't just about the bucks. I mean, if the entire herd is benefiting from being more healthy
1: as, as I do these shows, the feedback I get and the responses I get are amazing. And the one thing that is so distinctive is that I've had so many people tell me, and it's usually in their third year, second or third year of feeding lucky buck that they're seeing what used to be their button bucks now have spike horns. They're, they're six inches or so. And, and they're still running with their mothers, and they have spots on them. And if that pedicle breaks the skin the first year, it's way ahead of all of its contemporaries in the future years. But it's not because that fawn ate the mineral, because it's because his mother did. And she bred back, her reproductive status was so much better. She bred back on a first heat instead of a second or a third heat. And that buck, that buck fawn is you know, three to six weeks older than its contemporaries, she milks better, he's healthier, and that's, that's what makes the difference on your next generation rather than the fact that that fawn was eating them. And yeah. I've heard that at least a half a dozen times that they're seeing spike horns that used to be their button box. And if you can do that, you're going to be way ahead of the game.
2: Yeah, I can't say I've ever seen that before.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I think a lot of that probably has to do with the fact that once again, going back to the beginning of the show, you started in ag, so you actually got to watch what you were doing, work or not. You know, controlled environment, and you- if
1: it doesn't, if it doesn't, that farmer tells you in a big hurry. <laughs> and the the most dramatic cause and effect that I ever saw on a mineral is. The reproductive status on a cow, in other words, the, the way the fetus development develops and the way the calf is born on a, on a pregnant dry cow, if she doesn't have selenium, she'll likely have a retained placenta and the calf will be born with white muscle disease. It'll be knuckled over at the joints. And if you give it a shot of selenium, you can give it an injectable form of selenium and it immediately corrects the problem. And it's just so phenomenal to watch that. And this is gonna get a little more scientific than we really need to, but I actually think there's a really strong correlation or something to be learned from the, the way that fetus interacts with the mother cow. The fetus takes precedent, the fetus gets everything first as far as a survival mechanism, it's the opposite of an antler on a buck. The, the fetus has taken precedent. And if you can get that dramatic of a result from injecting selenium on a fetus when he's already got priority, you can make hundreds of times potentially more impact on the antler than you can on that calf being born on the dairy cow. And the dairy cow is already so dramatic that's what really triggered my uh, thought process on developing this and and putting the emphasis on the selenium even though it's risky if you can't control intake I mean there are people out there with lower salt levels that are trying to put higher levels in and and that's a dangerous a dangerous situation but it's so worth it's so worth having that elevated selenium level that it's worth taking the criticism of having two thirds salt. And you know, the, the stigma that goes, goes with that, Mm -hmm. you know, any, anybody that has never used it, that gives me a review is usually critical either of the salt level or the fact that we don't have any phosphorus. The other thing that all the leading deer biologists say is you need a two to one calcium phosphorus ratio. And, And phosphorus is really bitter tasting, for one thing. It's difficult to get them to eat it. But on the other hand, they also are getting quite a bit of it in their natural diet, especially if they're in an agricultural situation, because the farmers are putting fertilizer on their crops to maximize yield. (coughs) Excuse me. And so that's the best source of phosphorus you can get is taken up in a plant and then the, the animal eats it. And so phosphorus isn't really needed and it's very bitter tasting.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. I mean,
2: I mean, that makes a lot of sense too. you know, I mean, in where we're at agriculture, I mean, it's all around. So, you you know, they're getting, getting some of it then.
1: In, in non, in non-farmland areas, I wouldn't debate quite so severely. I think you will run out of phosphorus as a, uh, as a component to the diet at some point, but most places you're going to run out of selenium and the stuff we have in our mineral first anyway. Mm -hmm. So even if you can't maximize, (coughs) excuse me, you're going to still uh, benefit from ours, even if you're in non-farmland areas.
0: Yeah. And I think that's what kind of cool with, uh, with you guys, uh, you know, what benefit uh, kind of differentiating uh, actually m- makes us excited to work with Lucky Buck is, you know, me, like I was telling you before, me, Andy and Michael all decided to do our old man- mad scientist stuff. And we were just throwing shit together and we didn't really have any clue what we were doing. Well, there's, there's a lot of supplemental companies out there that I don't know their backgrounds, but it, it's really cool to work with a company that really has put a lot of thought into what the product they've made is. You know, it's not like, hey, I feel like I'm going to go make some money and, and throw some, some salt in a bucket and call it Lucky Buck and people should buy it. That's, uh, that, you know, there's an actual science behind it and your background is is kind of proof to you doing that. So it's, it's kind of cool to hear the science verbally when you actually hear it because you can read the back of a, a bucket – and you can read your website and read other, I, I mean, I don't ever really, I wouldn't read it long enough to understand it. So it's kind of, it's cool for me to hear it. Mm-hmm.
1: I guess I get frustrated when I talk to some of my competitors and they're not willing to give you any of the science and they may have some science, but it's frustrating to me not to know that that thought process went into it and I don't give all my secrets. I still want to put my kids through college on this gig, so I don't, <laughs> I don't give all of them. But, but the selenium to salt ratio and the controlling the intake with the salt is, is the, the essence of it. And I think that gives people enough confidence and, and gives us enough credibility for people to give it a try. And once they give it a try, we, we have a, a really high retention rate because it's so simple. It's so easy, and it's it's a once you once you figure out the program, and once you you know figure out the spring usage of it, it's it's a it's a no brainer, and it'll be the it'll be the easiest component to your deer management. Those food plots and those and the, uh, as as well as some of those things work. They're a lot of work and a lot mm-hmm. of expense to to maintain and to put in.
0: A Big headache too, because I
1: always screw them up, but.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I mean, actually, one one thing I already noticed right off the bat is I'm not carrying a five gallon bucket into the woods anymore. It's two gallons, and it's ten times easier for me to carry in. It's small, you know, just walk. The five gallon buckets. I got to the point where actually, because they were never full, but they were never they were never uh, empty enough that I could only have one bucket. So I would fill two buckets and carrying them in, you know, together, so I could balance my weight. You know, I don't have to do this anymore. So that's already a win for me. Is that one thing right there? It's a small two-pound bucket. Uh, you empty it out. Now you got a nice bucket for washing your car. Boom. Just saying. <laughs> Whatever you need. Whatever you need. <laughs> uh, obviously, you could probably get some more. But uh, so, if if somebody's interested in, in starting a lucky buck uh, program, uh, how do they how do they find your stuff?
1: So. Our website has a, a search locator. We're in most of the most of the uh, sporting goods stores. We're in a lot of the ag stores, the Tractor Supply, Rural King, Orslands, um, and we're always looking for new dealers. If you don't have somebody in your area, we're glad to uh, talk to them about setting them up as a dealer, so you have a place to get it. The the direct sales, the online sales just don't work for us because it's so heavy. We're making FedEx and UPS rich, and and we're not. Uh, we're, we're having to charge pass that cost on, and and we'd much rather send a, a truckload into an area through a retailer and let them service the account. And that's worked that's worked the best for us. And and we've got thousands of of locations where people can go and get them. So.
0: Nice. So, if they want to know where they can pick it up, go to Lucky Buck Mineral. Is it luckybuckmineral.com?
1: Yeah.
0: And uh, go to the dealer locator. You can find who a dealer is in your area. Uh, Yep. I know in Missouri, just our area, the tractor supplies got them. There's actually a dealer in Sedalia. Bass Pro has it. Yeah, Bass Pro's got it. Uh, So, you shouldn't have a problem finding this stuff.
1: Yep. Cabela's Cabela's was one of actually my first main dealer, and that was 20 years ago that – they they took it on and that was a, a big boost obviously for reputation wise and and they still are a good dealer for us that's awesome awesome
0: well i learned a lot tonight mm-hmm. uh, learned a lot about selenium didn't know that thing that was a thing yeah. that existed uh just you know it's cool to hear some of that science behind it um we really appreciate you coming on and kind of talking about not only just you know lucky buck and what you guys do but also um just kind of the science behind supplementing deer this is a good time of the year for people to be thinking about it if they they're gonna hear this show on March 22nd I think so if they are not already hearing or they're not already planning what they're doing they should already they should be it should be out and, and get it going because I looked at my yard today it was like 75 degrees oh it's getting green man it's starting to green up yeah so. oh hey tell us that trick that trick on the, uh, your mower the
1: memory is the memory association yeah. trick it's people get so busy in the spring when the weather turns nice no matter no matter what their vice is whether it's golfing or fishing or farming or or whatever their vice of choice they get to thinking about that and they'll forget about this so i do a memory association trick that almost never fails and all you got to do is just put your put your bucket of lucky buck on in, in front of your lawnmower on top of your lawnmower and don't mow your lawn the first time in the spring until you dump that bucket out. And then I know you're going to have it out on time that way. It's really effective. And even if you don't literally put the bucket there, the first time you go to pull a lawnmower out or see somebody mowing a lawn or smell a freshly mowed lawn, you're going to remember this crazy idea. And remember to go put your lucky buck out.
0: That's a, that's a good one. Makes sense. <laughs> well, Dave, we appreciate you coming on. Uh, unless you got anything else, we will uh, we will let you go
1: i sure appreciate the opportunity
0: all right dave appreciate it man
1: yep thank
0: you all right that's all folks
1: it makes it, i'm getting
2: excited for deer hunting already does that make sense it's so early but i'm really no,
0: excited I, about this time of year it starts for me every year when it starts getting warmer um which it is currently warmer right um i just start kind of like all right you know it's uh the year is, like, in my brain, the year's starting. It's almost like my year don't start till March or April and you know, like, my, my dear world. Yeah. You know, like, I, I do do a good job of kind of forgetting about them after the season's over. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really forget about them, but I'm not crazy over them. Right. I think this show, us doing this show, it's
2: it motivates me more to want to do stuff to like the property, you know, like I talked about in the intro or whatever. I did my food plot already. Normally I'd wait and do a fall plot because that's when I'd be thinking about it. But I'm already, I got, already got my brain gears turning, you know, I want to get the mineral out on the ground. I want to, you know, get it for the does and they're going to be dropping fawns in the next month or so.
0: You know, this is uh it's
2: exciting time. So,
0: yeah. I think that's right. I mean, another thing the show has done is kind of broadened our horizons, too. And Mm -hmm. we've gotten into more more things, started doing other things that I wouldn't say take away from deer, but it it kind of fills the void. (laughs) Yeah. Fills the void. Fills the void. Yeah. But uh, it was a great show. Dave is, uh, obviously, you can tell he knows what he's talking about. He's got a passion for it, for sure. Farmers usually are pretty smart They do, man.
2: I mean, If if you met a farmer that didn't like being a farmer, I don't know who. I mean, that doesn't even register with me. Every (laughs) every farmer I've met has has a lot of
0: passion. Talked to my father-in-law today, and uh, what? Okay, so Andy's texting
2: us right now. (laughs) Yeah, Andy couldn't make it. Obviously, he couldn't
0: make it tonight. read it. And he asked how it went. And uh, I just texted him back, give us a dad joke. We're doing the outro. <laughs> what is he trying to say right there? He got diagnosed with, with a severe case of cicadas. Skin, skin. So am I supposed to ask, what's that? <laughs> or is this real? It's like, he's, he's he being serious. He got diagnosed with a severe case <laughs> of cicadas. I'm hoping he, he better text back quick or the, these people are going to just, okay, we're done, we're done for today. See you guys next week. But, yeah, I mean, it's. Uh, it, it, oh, anyway, so I saw saying my, my father-in-law, uh-huh. uh, he came and fertilized at our place today. And I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, oh, just dropping hundreds of dollars on your field. Sick of this shit. <laughs> okay. I don't know if that's a
2: joke or not. What? What? <laughs> As I was just talking about how farmers
0: don't <laughs> have a passion, yeah, because Andy missed because he's doing farmer stuff. Yeah, he's out there cleaning grain. Bins. He got diagnosed with a severe case of sycosis, and he is sick of this shit. <laughs> he f- just said, sake. "For f' sake, it's a play <laughs> on words." <laughs> so, is that a first for Missouri Woods and Water? We had a dad joke texted in at the end of our show. I don't know. I guy. honestly don't know if it was supposed to be a joke, though. <laughs> it might not be. <laughs> Andy's dad joke. He got diagnosed with a severe case of sick He's sick of this shit. <laughs> okay.
2: We'll, we'll use uh, it. We'll roll with
0: it. Uh, remember that teaser. This is episode 98. So two episodes from now, we got episode 100 coming out. Be looking for our social stock that stuff. Sure. <laughs> so well, you're going to need to. Yeah. We are going to uh, announce some giveaways that we're going to be doing on our 100th episode or the same day. Um, of our 100th episode. We still haven't figured out how exactly we're going to do the giveaways yeah, yet. Yeah. We'll get to that. But uh, next time I'm just going to give you a tip. I don't even want to go yeah. into it. He just texted that too. <laughs> uh, oh, all right, man. Oh, you wanted to give us some shout outs to some listeners. You're... Hell yeah, I do. And I meant to do that in the intro. Yeah. Hopefully they're still listening. <laughs> Hopefully they're still listening. Uh... <laughs> all right. So I took my son to the uh sportsman's expo I can't concentrate right now <laughs> <laughs> uh took my son to the sportsman's expo in in uh, Overland park yeah last weekend How was it it's was cool oh well, actually it was pretty damn cool I met Michael Waddell yep trying to get him on the show It's not working real well but I'm trying uh he's a real cool dude he's just like I can't get a hold of him. Right. Uh, And um, it was was actually a lot of fun. But walking through, met two of our listeners that I want to give a shout-out to. Okay. Cody Allen and his buddy, I'm pretty sure his name is Devin. If it is not Devin, whatever your actual name is, I'm really sorry. I could have swore I heard you say Devin, but I suck at listening. But I know Cody was there. Came up, introduced themselves to us. Um, appreciate you guys listening to the show. Awesome, man. Yeah, very uh, cool. Appreciate it, guys. Nice, nice guys. So, uh, I'm glad I, I'm glad you reminded me because I really wanted to give that shout out today. Yeah, I kind of forgot during the intro. So did I. Oh. All right, you done? I'm done, man. I'm done too.
2: Let's go oh, home. On to the next one. See you. Man.